Welcome to Beyond Borders, the world's first talk show made especially for English learners and global citizens with me, your host, Ethan. In every episode of this show, it is my job to guide you outside of the classroom and into the real world with life-changing insights from some of the world's best teachers, language learners, innovators, and leaders, all here to help you unleash your highest potential in your English and your life. So if you are ready to join our movement of millions and together create a world beyond borders, then let's get started with the show. Hi, yeah. What's up, everyone? This is Ethan, and welcome to another special episode of Beyond Borders. I've got a question for you. Have you been studying English for a long time, but are still frustrated that you can't speak it naturally and fluently? Then today's episode is just for you. We all know that speaking another language is not something that you can do overnight. It requires hard work and dedication, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be something boring or painful. You can make language learning a simple and fun adventure. Today, you are in for a treat because you're going to hear from 24 amazing experts, teachers, and language learners. They're going to help you with the biggest challenges you may face or have been facing to take your English to the next level. Together, they have more than 200 years of learning and teaching experience, so they know what they're talking about. And if you are new here, well, every week, we help you to go past being a bored and insecure English learner and become a confident and natural English speaker. Now, get ready to be inspired. Aw, yeah! Anna, you learned English to a native level without living in an English-speaking country. What advice would you give to learners who also want to master the language? I'd say don't waste your time. Just start. If you're thinking about learning English or leveling up your English or whatever, just start. I know you're afraid. I know you're being self-conscious and shy. I know. But just do it scared. Because there's there's even a book, Do It, do it Scared. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, take action. This is an antidote for fear. You have to take action. So yeah, just, just go for it. Just do And don't mind other people's opinion. This is so important. Don't try to be perfect. Enjoy the process. This is really important as well. Enjoy the process. If you're not enjoying this, if it feels like too hard too much of of work and um like you're you're going crazy over this you're not you're not gonna get that result actually that you want to get because it's it's not gonna feel right for you so learn to enjoy the process learn to enjoy your learning journey so every single day little by little like whatever you do you have to enjoy it Enjoying the process is just so important. Speaking of that, Josh, how can they get started on that process? A lot of times when I meet students, they'll say that they're going to study four hours a day, you know, or something crazy. I would recommend being very practical. Um, if you're introducing something new in your life, it's going to be hard to, to kind of make a habit of. Anything new mm-hmm. be hard to make a habit of. So anyway, just, just take it slow um, and expect that It's um, not going to go as planned, and that's totally okay. You know, I couldn't agree more. 
Ollie, you once mentioned that learners can improve a lot by applying the 80-20 rule. So let me ask you, how can learners be more effective in their studies by applying that? The way that I like to apply the 80-20 rule in language learning is to think, okay, you can do all of these things. You can read books, you can watch TV, you can speak, you can learn grammar. But what is the one thing that's going to get you most of your results mm -hmm. and then just spend all of your time doing that? So in my case, I don't really believe that learning lists of words is very helpful. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that studying grammar is very helpful. What I believe is that input should be the thing that you spend most of your time mm -hmm. on because input is where you're going to actually learn the language and have the opportunity to learn words, learn phrases, learn grammar. And so that can be um, watching TV series, like in your approach. It can be reading mm -hmm. uh, books of stories, like in my approach. But what I like to do when I'm learning a new language is to spend 80% of my time on input mm -hmm. and then just 20% of my time on other things. Now, Christina, what about a student who needs English but hasn't really fallen in love with the journey or the language itself? What can they do to shake this negative feeling towards it? Look, you don't have to love English. But what I want you to do is I want you to think of English as a stepmother. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't really have a choice in the matter. This thing, in this case, this person, this thing is going to live with you perhaps for the rest of your life and being able to civilly and productively interact with it is going to be really, really important for you in all these different spheres of your life. So what if English was like the stepmother in the situation, whether you like it or not, you know, mm -hmm. this is just what's going to happen and you're going to have to live with her. Like, how can we make this a livable relationship. Leo, you've built a successful career in English education. What have you learned in the process of being a non-native speaker that managed to thrive in English? I'm different. That's actually better. Because I'm different, I can use that as leverage to get, um, to, get to where I want to be. And eventually, once I understood that, that's what I started to gain momentum in my career and gain the respect of people. And Hadar, how can they deal with the feeling that their English may not be good enough? As long as you can communicate your message, English belongs to you and you belong in English. And mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if if you you know your parents spoke to you in that language or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you only have a limited um, number of words. The moment you are able to communicate and express your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, then this is your language too. And constantly comparing yourself to others creates this sense of inferiority. And when you operate from there, then it's not only that you won't be able to reach your fluency goals, it would also put you in a position of, you know, of constantly not being good enough. On that note, some learners are really afraid of speaking English. So, Vanessa, what's the benefit of practicing your English with other learners to help overcome that shyness and fear? You just get each other. You understand each other because both of you are coming from that same place. Both of you are learning English. Both of you have overcome or are trying to overcome that hesitation and fear of speaking with someone else. Also, Charlie, why is it important, especially for teachers, that learners do not avoid making mistakes when they're speaking? Because when I'm teaching the phrase, I have no idea how a non-native is going to interpret a, a phrase and think, oh, I can use it in this way. And they'll very often map it onto a phrase that they've kind of 
thought is similar in their language, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have that understanding until it comes up. So right. that mistake really helps me as a teacher see how a learner is perceiving it and how they think that they could use it. And Gavin, why are mistakes not really a big deal when the student's goal is to communicate in English? Usually, your mistakes aren't embarrassing. 99% of the time, it's just you trying to find the right word. And so I, I realize that there is nothing to be afraid of, but everyone has to make this realization on their own. You can't be told, there's nothing to be afraid of, just lose the fear, just speak. Everyone has to follow their own journey to, to realize it's going to be okay. That's amazing. Each journey is truly unique. Lindsay, I thought about asking why learners should focus on connection and not perfection when speaking the language. We don't want to show you perfection because we're not perfect. We make mistakes, right? We know that as native speakers. So why, why strive for that? So the connection, not perfection, the way I connect to that is I never want our learners to feel that, right? I never want language to get in the way of human connection. That's what that's all about. It should always be the number one goal is to maintain the connection. Idauza, uh, do you see any problem with learners that focus too much on grammar? What happens in my experience is people try to be grammatical prematurely. And as a result, they sacrifice efficiency. You know, like I said, what's that phrase? Don't let uh, perfection be the enemy of good. Uh, so they're letting, you know, grammatical similitude be the enemy of just sufficient, fast and smooth communication. Um, so that it creates an analysis paralysis and all kinds of psychological things. Uh, so that's what it is. Grammar, grammar, ideally, is not even studied. It's just kind of imbibed because your ears and your eyes are open to the environment and you're just mimicking all the time. That's so interesting. Tiffany, what was your experience with grammar while learning other languages? I hit this plateau because I was so focused on the structures. I wouldn't speak unless I knew the sentence was correct. And it wasn't until my Korean friends, they said, Tiff, when you speak Korean, you understand very well and your accent is good, but you sound like a book or like you don't sound like a native Korean speaker. Your, your sentence structures are a little awkward. And that was because I was so focused on getting everything grammatically correct that I wasn't sounding natural. So again, it goes back to why I don't focus on grammar, because that was holding me back, even though it's important. Fascinating. I understand that you had a different experience with grammar, right, Veronica? I know that a lot of people don't really like doing grammar exercises, but for me, it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. For me, it was something that helped me improve because I, I'm like a really tactical person. I like knowing why a sentence is built a certain way. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was only rational to do grammar exercises, and I like them. I really like doing them. So I spent a lot of time doing grammar because for me, it was really, really important. So it truly depends on your style and your goals in learning the language, right? Speaking of goals, Gabrielle, you developed a strategy called WHOOP, which utilizes something called mental contrasting. When doing the WHOOP exercise, not only do they have to visualize their goals, but also their desired outcomes, and just as importantly, the obstacles in achieving those goals. Now, why is this mental contrasting so important? This mental contrasting helps you clean up your life, to get rid of those projects which are on your mind all the time, but you never get them done because you never really thought it through that this is not something which you either want or can do. 
um, but fully commit for those projects um, that you understood as being really to your heart. Rudy, you had really clear that you needed English to move forward with your dreams. What would you tell learners who want to take that first step? So, as I said, um, the thing that I always do is that, you know, calculate backwards. So, what is my goal and what I have to do for that? So, I think it's always important to make it a habit of yours to talk in that certain language if you want to learn it. I think it's important. I think in the first week I would look for different shows and different videos to watch so that I can enjoy it while like reading some subtitles and stuff. Now that's definitely great advice that we can all try out. Now Jack, you mentioned that you used friends to learn Spanish. What could learners do to learn with their favorite TV shows? So I took audio recordings from the show, slowed them down, repeated them, <laughs> and then went to normal speed and then repeated them again. And the reason I chose Friends was because your reasons too, it's so conversational, <laughs> it uses the everyday yeah. language. And the, the way that they dubbed it into Spanish really worked for me. I really love how simple and effective that is. Shannon Kennedy has an amazing language learning system that has helped her to learn over 10 languages. Shannon, could you share the system that you've been using to keep track of your language learning? I've been coming up with a system where I actually have all of my tutors on Notion now. So I have a table with like each lesson. And so I'll title the lesson something based on whatever it was that we talked about. And so then I set up a table and my teacher and I are actually taking notes into Notion. And um, ultimately I want everything to get into memory. So in Notion, it's already in table format. So I literally just have to copy and paste it into my master sheet, which is on... Uh, Google Sheets, and then I'm able to like run a duplicate checker to make sure that words aren't in there twice. I'm able to like keep track of what's in the spreadsheet and what's not. I have like a little check button on Notion saying like you've added this, you haven't added this. And so once a week, I'm able to just take all of that, consolidate it, go through it, clean it up, make sure translations aren't missing, make sure that nothing's already in the sheet, um, and then I import it into Memrise, and I'm able to keep my Memrise decks up to date and always have something new and that I'm working on with my tutors in them. Justin, I thought I'd ask you why having a system like Shannon's or keeping a language learning log is so important. That's really important for motivation, first of all. I mean, it just makes you do it. This is part of your process. It makes you reflective, right? Setting goals is kind of the same thing. You set, you, you set those goals, you plan ahead, you, you, you make sure it fits into your life. But I would say there is that angle too, like being data-driven in your learning. Like how much are you listening and how does this reflect and improve listening ability? How much are you speaking? How does this reflect in your ability to speak better, more clearly, more confidently? Because ultimately, you need to do it every day. We know that, right? Like anything that you want to be at your best at, rather than just an amateur, right? I mean, you want to turn pro, right? You want to you want to make it a part of who you are. You need to do it every day. And um, it doesn't need to be like speaking every day. That can be hard to find that opportunity, unless you download the real life app and <laughs> go and press that button and connect with partners from all around the world, right? But uh, yeah, that's actually me keeping it simple, having a four minute conversation, you know? Having a, a four minute conversation that's once per day, really simple, write it down in your, in your, in your log. But, but yeah, going back to just the main idea is, is making sure that you're cultivating like a nice mixture of activities, listening to podcasts, uh, watching TV series, talking with people, can write it down uh it's kind of like going back as well to when you can finish a a day and like check it off like i remember as a runner 
um, I used to have like eight years of running logs, like every single day document, just a stack of like just descriptions of everything I'm doing. And I remember I had like a 99 mile week, right? And it was the middle of winter and it was at night, but I wanted to hit 100 miles. It was like, I just wanted to check that 100, check that 100 mile box, right? And so at 10 o'clock at night, I went for my third run of the day. <laughs> I just went out and I ran a mile <laughs> in order to get back and, you know, say one mile, 100 miles. And kind of in the same sense, if, if you miss a day that you plan to do, and you don't get to check that off, you feel bad. So there's definitely something demotivating to, you know, to, to, to not do what you said you were going to do. And I think a journal is a good way to, a journal or a log is a good way to, um, to help you accomplish that. Hey, are you finding these experts' advice valuable for improving your English? Well, if you liked anyone in particular's advice and you want to learn more with them, then download the free Real Life app. There, you can listen to the full interviews with each of them with an interactive transcript and vocabulary definitions. And so many of you have told me that you are frustrated because you have no way to put into practice speaking English. Well, we went ahead and solved that. On the Real Life app, at the press of a button, you can speak English instantly with someone in another part of the world. Again, it's all free and you really have nothing to lose. Just search for Real Life English in the Apple app or Google Play Store. Now, Mark, I hear a lot from students that they feel frustrated that even though they learn new words, they have a really hard time remembering vocabulary. How can students deal with that? And uh, a very important uh, thing you can do to help you remember new words is to have some kind of image or mental association with the word and it can be something abstract, something where the connection is really quite strange, uh, an image that goes with a word. And the stranger it is, the better, in fact, because in that way it sticks in your mind more. So if you're trying to remember uh, some new words, try associating them with an image uh, or some memory or some, some connection that's personal to you. And that, that way you'll be able to retrieve them from your memory when the time comes. That's a really great tip. Another vocabulary and language learning expert that I had the pleasure to meet was Gabe Weiner from Fluent Forever. Gabe, why shouldn't they aim at remembering every single word that they hear or read in English? Because we don't want to memorize everything we hear. It's too much. If you verbatim remembered every word that happened in this interview, you would be very tired by the end of the day. Like, this would suck. Like, you don't want that. You want to remember the three or four facts that, that you thought were interesting, little snippets, little like, oh, that was a good piece. I could probably excerpt that for like a small little YouTube bit. Like, that's what you want. And that's what your, and your, your brain is holding onto that stuff, not because it's memorized a whole bunch of audio verbatim, but it's memorized that because that concept inspired some emotion in you of like, whoa, that was a cool quote. I like that thing. And so we remember emotional content. Now, Jennifer, some learners shy away from putting what they've learned into practice because they are not aware of how they sound. What can they do to help with that? We have all these recording devices on our phone nowadays. So open up the voice app, talk into it, and listen back. You'll hate it. But at least you kind of know how the other person will hear you. So you, you, then you listen back. 
And then this helps you gain your awareness so that when you're in that call, you're in that meeting and you start becoming nervous, most people talk faster when they're nervous. So now you understand how you actually sound and that when you're talking faster, people may not understand you as clearly as when you're talking at a normal pace. So you can kind of stop yourself and check in and slow down and and emphasize what you need to emphasize. On the note of being understood, Emma, what would you say to learners who ask if they should focus on a certain accent, like British, American, or Australian? Even the idea of just um, obsessing over or focusing on a particular accent it locks you in, you know, to a certain way of life, a certain experience, a certain limited or finite set of opportunities, where by exposing yourself to a much richer or diverse range of accents and um, and English speakers, your opportunity to interact, engage with, connect with people, you know, all around the world is so much greater than than by restricting yourself to just one, uh, prioritizing one. Natasha, how can learners seize that opportunity to connect through English in this ever-changing, globalized world? If you don't expose yourself to the changing times of the environment that you're living in, believing that all environments change, then you could one day wake up in a world that is unrecognizable to you. So I think if, if one chooses to accept globalization in terms of the world is changing and you know I am a part of this world, how do I put my fingerprint on it or my footprint in it? If you choose to do that, then you are also saying, you know, in a way, like how do I become, you know, part of this kind of globalized citizenship? How do I how do I exercise my right as a global citizen? How do I participate in this wider discussion? Don't be left behind. You have power as a person. So you might as well participate. Finally, last but not least, Luke, what would you tell learners who have been learning English but still feel like they're stuck? It's always good advice, I would say. And, you know, keep up the listening. Just keep up the the motivation. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, it takes a while to notice your progress. Sometimes progress goes on when you're not aware of it. And then one day, oh, I'm better than I was. So if you don't feel like you're making any progress, just stick with it. Keep going. Um, Don't stop. The ones who you know the ones who stop don't don't make it they're the ones who give up so even when you feel like oh it's not really working out carry on it will get better thanks so much for joining me today i hope you enjoyed the interview you can find all the mentioned links and resources from this show on the show notes at reallifeglobal.com it is also linked in the description of this episode If English fluency is important to you, then remember to check out our Real Life app, where you can practice listening to native speech and speak with other learners from around the world, while also discovering new cultures. In addition to that, you can get a full interactive transcript and vocabulary for this interview. You will find that linked in the description, or just search for Real Life English in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For now, remember that no matter what divides us, that which unites us is far greater. See you on the next show.